Hi, my name is Ryan Skeen. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of First AU Limited, uh, ASX code FAU. Uh, we are a gold and base metals explorer. Our primary projects are located in Victoria, uh, but we've also got big, uh, projects in WA where we've got a, a jaw convert resource, uh, and then we've got a, a relatively greenfield project in South Australia in the Olympic Dam province as well. Brilliant. Ryan, lovely to um, meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, where, where are you at the moment? You're, you're in Oz, presumably, are you? Yeah, based in Melbourne. Based in Melbourne. Get out. Okay. Um, well, it's first time as a matter of spoken, so I, I guess we'll just kind of keep this fairly high level um, for, for today. And if you come back on, we can maybe get into the, the weeds a little bit. Um, tell us a bit about you, though. Where, where, what's your background and story? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've, I've been working in wealth management for a number of years, uh, most recently prior to taking on this role. Uh, in equity capital markets, so working with capital raisings, uh, mergers and acquisitions and whatnot uh, in the junior exploration space uh, across a number of commodities, so gold, base metals, uh, rare earths, uh, done a bit of stuff in, in hydrogen as well. Uh, so uh, quite a diverse experience and particularly in the, the junior exploration area. So, and if I'm looking at the, the the board and management team, it's kind of it's hot and heavy on um, uh, financial experience and and legal backgrounds. Not a lot on the exploration side. Can you, so, who on the, who on the team's helping on that front? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, Brian Frost uh, in particular has been around a long time uh, and has been quite involved in some major discoveries in some very large companies. Uh, so, Degray Mining, he was involved in that from the outset. Uh, Atlas Iron, he was involved in that from the outset. A number of countries, um, oh, sorry, another a number of companies in South Africa and all over the world as well. Uh, Rick Revlins too was is a business partner of his uh, outside of First AU, uh, and again he's been involved in a lot of companies as well. Uh, Michael Pinert, uh, non-executive director, um, he's currently the chairman of Westwitz Mining, uh, so they've got some some projects in South Africa. So I think whilst you know it, it may come across as a lot of financial and a lot of legal sort of background, uh, you know, we've got a lot of indie industry experience on the board and we've got a lot of experience in, in you know, advancing exploration companies. Right. So I, I get that. And um, but they will have been ably supported by a technical team. So who, who, who's the sort of technical um, now on your side? Yeah, absolutely. So the, our chief geologist is Ian Nielsen. So Ian, uh, he oversees uh, a lot of what we do. Uh, but he's primarily focused on our Victorian projects and spend, spends a lot of time in the field. Uh, again, he's got, you know, very significant experience uh, consulting on projects all over the world. Uh, you name a country, he's probably been there and worked on, the pro on a project there. Uh, so he brings, a, you know, a great deal of technical expertise to the company. Okay. okay. Uh, and then along with that, we've obviously got a number of, you know, other consultants that come in, in and out, but he's primarily... Uh, you know our technical guy, right? Okay, and let's let's kind of look at the um, the, the corporate structure because I think it's you know with the company with your market cap, the money's important, and when you're talking about projects, you need to understand the your capability to, to deliver that. So your you know market cap 10, 12 million bucks at the moment. How, how's the cash situation? I know, I needed a raise recently, but um, what's it look like? Yeah, so our last report uh, end of quarter quarter one, we were at one point seven. Uh, since then, we have commenced a, a diamond drilling program, uh, which is fairly cash intensive. So, uh, you know, I would expect, uh, you know, over the next six months, we're probably going to be in a position uh, where we will need to sort of go back to markets again. 
Um, we've obviously got another drill program uh, that we're planning currently coming off the back of the one we're doing current at the moment. Uh, so we're, we're funded to, to go through both of those. And then I think it, it's probably, you know, probably going to be, be, be in need of some cash again. Right. Okay. And, and I, I'm guessing at, the, at this stage it's predominantly retail, but how much um, does the management team um, have and own? Yeah, uh, board and management have got about 12% of the company from the, my last uh, my last count. Right. Okay. Okay. And uh, any institutional in there? Uh, not particularly. It's fairly, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, high net worth guys, but no, you know, no funds, no no big instos at this okay. stage. Okay. So uh, nothing unusual really then. Well, let's talk about the three projects, okay? Um, maybe... Should we talk about? Should we kind of do, kind of um, park up South Australia and sort of, uh, and then work our way through to the kind of flagship projects? So South Australia and Western Australia. Where are you with those two? Yeah. So South Australia is a project. Um, so it was new ground. So we pegged it uh, approximately eighteen months ago, off the top of my head. Uh, it was off the back of a South Australian government um, incentive. So basically, the South Australian government's really trying to get exploration activity increasing in, in their state. Uh, and they ran what's called the Gawler Challenge. Uh, so the Gawler Crate is a huge, um, you know, province in the, in the state. Uh, it was a cash prize of 250 grand. Uh, and uh, Geo that d- does some work for us, he identified that the ground that we got was identified as the priority target for both the winner and the runner-up of the challenge. Uh, so that's how that came about. Uh, we're still at the native title agreement stage of the project. So we're still a few months uh, at least off being able to get on the ground and do some works. Uh, but we have done a little bit of desktop work. Uh, and, you know, we believe that, you know, the project's got plenty of upside, but it is still quite new uh, and not a great deal of work has been done on it just yet. Right. So that's part of it. And then Western Australia, over in Kalkarooli, uh, there is a, a, a short resource on it, but it's it's small. Um, what happened there and how have you picked that up? Uh, yeah, so that project was put into the company when the company actually listed. So it's been around for quite some time. Uh, we've done a number of drill campaigns on it. Yes, uh, you know, it's at 120,000 ounces inferred. Uh, we're actually doing a little bit of work at the moment in the background in, in looking to advance the project. Uh, so it's next door to another deposit, another known deposit uh, owned by Horizon Horizon Minerals, I think minerals or whatever whatever it's called uh their teal deposit um you know so we think that the area in which we we're in we think there's an economic deposit there it's just a matter of where that goes uh we're doing doing some met work which we mentioned in our last quarterly at the moment um you know hopefully trying to prove up that we can extract uh the gold at a you know get good recovery rates that are economical uh one of the issues is that it, it is refractory uh, and that it has been a bit of a challenge in the area because there are a limited number of mills that can process it. Uh, and again, that's sort of something that we're trying to work towards addressing uh, with, you know, potentially a bigger goal in mind. Right. But it sounds like one, it's in Western Australia, um, not, not overall Europe-based. Is that maybe something that you could partner with Horizon on or others on? I mean, because otherwise you have plow a bit of money into it, don't you? I mean, it's yeah, absolutely. It, Horizon or others, we don't. We're not really too fussed as to what way that goes. Uh, we're certainly open to, you know, speaking to other partners. We're certainly, you know, something we're actively pursuing as well. 
Um, and, you know, we, we hope to have something over the next next month or two in terms of where that project is going to go with a more definitive outlook because, you know, at the moment uh, it is sitting in limbo to a degree and it's kind of like, well, what are you guys doing with it? Uh, and, you know, it, it's not our priority, but it's certainly something we're looking to do with rather than just let it sit there and do nothing. Okay, great. Okay, so it was kind of fit for purpose when you when you kind of first first started, but you found something better over in, in uh, Victoria. So let's let's talk about that. This this is copper gold, both very very um, topical at the moment with with regards to um, you know to, to, uh, pricing certainly. And um, so tell us about the project, and then we, maybe we can kind of get into how you're coming at it. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got quite a significant footprint. So we've got uh, you know over two thousand two hundred square kilometers. Uh, and the project or the genesis of the project is actually our chief geo, Ian Nielsen. So, um, you know, he's not on the board, but Ian also has quite a stake in the company. Um, he has, I think, uh, you know, roughly two or three percent, plus he owns 20 percent of the subsidiary that has our Victorian project. So he's very invested in the success of the project. Um, he put it all together or pegged a lot of the ground in 2018 and the project came into the company or he might have been a little bit earlier than that and it came into the company 2019 2020 primarily we're exploring for gold there or, or most of the the projects or the tenements are focused on gold uh, but we are currently drilling a porphyry copper target as well uh, and you know it's a lot of it goes back uh, you know what brought us to the areas there's a number of factors but you know going back to the 1850s through to the early 1900s, uh, you know, some really high grade stuff was pulled out of the grounds there. So we're talking about 15 to 30 grams per tonne. Uh, and just as a comparison, you know, in Victoria, we've got two of the highest grade mines in the world you know, in Fosterville and Costa, Fosterville and Costafield, bit of a tongue twister. Uh, and I think Fosterville's around that 20 gram per tonne uh, mark and Costafield's around that 10 gram per tonne mark. So you know, we're, we're looking for high-grade stuff. I'm not suggesting we're going to sort of get those grades, but we're certainly in an area where we're looking for that sort of stuff. Right. So you, we've, we've talked about the money side of things. So um, th that's that's the focus. Victoria, Victoria's the focus. Um, how do you go about, you know, taking this forward in the current environment, right? You know, it's very difficult times. Over the last couple of months, it's been a bit tricky and perhaps, you know, we won't see too much change on that front until, you know, August or so. But, um, well, the expectation is that. How, what advice would you give yourself? Come on, you're, 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 you're on the street, you're a finance guy. What advice would you give to your company about how you move this forward? You know, you've got a little bit of money now. You're going to have to go and raise some money. It's going to be... Expensive money in, in the sense that you know, the equities aren't doing what you need them to, to do at the moment. So what's the best approach? Well, I think it's that whole risk risk, uh, risk versus return, uh, you know, view on it all that, you know, we need to be smart about the way that we're allocating money and, you know, allocating it to high priority projects that we that are going to deliver us returns or potentially going to deliver us or, or results in this instance, you know, that making sure that, you know, we're trying to reduce the risk of any drill programs we take as much as possible, uh, you know, that we're smart about the the way that we go and drill pro projects, that we're not over committing ourselves and going, yep, we're going to drill 2,000, 3,000 metres no matter what, you know, having, you know, taking the approach of, you know, if we get 1,000 metres into it and we're not seeing what we want, bang, we're done, we're moving on to the next thing. Uh, and I think that we just be, have to be active in the way that we're thinking about and approaching our, particularly drilling, because that's where, you know, 
your biggest expenditure is. So, and what type of drilling is? It? I mean, is it shallow, deep? I, I, I don't actually understand the the area that well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a lot of the drilling we're doing is diamond to start with. Um, so, you know, the, that's if you if you were to talk about cost, it is the most costly type of drilling. Uh, in terms of depths, we're not necessarily drilling you know, 600 metres hole, it does vary quite a bit. So we might do some holes to 100, uh, some to 250. Uh, but we generally at this stage aren't going too much more than that. Uh, and a lot of that's got to do with, you know, we're, we're in quite a, an alpine mountainous region. Um, and, you know, just the, you know, and listening to it, the way it's sort of explained to me from our technical guys that, you know, it's not like we're, we're drilling from a, in a flat surface and having to go 700 metres below the surface because we're coming at it from, uh, you know, on mountains or the top or hills. We can sort of, you know, drill from the bottom of the hill and, and go down 150 metres from there and get good depth, um, you know, or, or effectively good depth in our drilling. Right. Okay. So again, coming back to like, so there's, I know um, you, some drilling at um, Dog where the programs initiated there, but what do you think you need to put out to the market? Because you know, I mean, for juniors, it's got to, it's a really it's a dance, right? You've got to put out the headlines, which attracts the retail guys, but you also got to do some good work to help your geos understand how you then go about the rest of the, the drill programs. So um, the, the high grade gold numbers help, but what's your expectation from this drill program uh, as, as to what it's going to do for you? Especially, and I keep coming back to this, in the current market where perhaps people are risk off um, and uh, a little bit nervous. Yeah, I think, again, you bang on that it's always about trying to balance the need of going, you know, investors or the market always wants to see intersections. They want to see high-grade uh, bonanza intersections against what the geos need to know or want to know so that they can advance projects. So I think it's, you know, in terms of us, and a specific example at Dogwood at the moment is, you know, we're, we're certainly hoping that we can deliver some some good intersections. Um, and, you know, based off the historical work that was done in 93, 94 uh, by CRA, which is now Rio Tinto, um, you know, we're, we're somewhat confident that we're going to get something quite decent. But also at the same time, I think that, you know, if you were to ask me what's what success from a geological perspective, it's been able to confirm that yes, we do have a pull for, a copper porphyry. Um, I think that you know, right now we think we do, but if we can walk away from this drill program with a much higher degree of confidence that yes, we're sitting on a on a on a porphyry copper system here, I think that that's really quite significant in terms of where that project goes from there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the CRA stuff is on sort of 93, 94, right? So it's historic, but, it, you know, and, and you can't use it. Um, but so, so what do you do? Do you do confirmatory um, drilling? Do you do small step out drilling, twinning or whatever? Or do you say, well, I'll tell you what, we'll t have some leap of faith in terms of the historic data and we'll add our own data. Cause I think you were talking about 2000 meters, maybe 17 holes or so. And, and say, well, actually that's going to be a, be a better use of our, our capital, give us a sense of the, the, well, is it poor, is it a poor free and, and the scale the scale of the opportunity in front of us? So again, it's doing a dance, but how do you come out? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both in terms of we're not twinning, uh, we're twinning the location of the holes or, or some of the holes, but certainly not all of them. We've actually been very fortunate that we've been in contact with uh, the geo that led the last campaign uh, with CRA in 93, 94, uh, and we've been able to gather some, some pretty good insights from him. 
But, um, you know, in, a great example is uh, a hole that they previously drilled um, that ended in mineralisation. Um, yes, of course, we're going to drill that same hole in terms of the location, uh, but we're certainly not looking to go to the same depth and stop. Uh, you know, we want to extend on that and we want to see what's beneath it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that broadly applies across the better holes that they did is that, you know, that they, the, the historical info from, from CRA said that, you know, they believe that they were in the top of the porphyry, um, but it was never confirmed. So obviously we want to go below that and see if we can confirm it, right? Um, and then on top of that as well, obviously um, our geologists bring, you know, new, new insights, modern skills, modern technology to the table and go, okay, cool, all this is good, but we also want to do some ex exploration holes on top of that because we've got some other theories as well. So not twinning any holes identically. We're looking to sort of extend on some, but then do some of our own stuff as well because we've got our own, you know, views on what's going on there. Right, okay. So, and I think it's at 17 holes. It's, 40, it's actually 14 holes, isn't it? So, um, right. So, you, and, and what's, what's the time frame there? When, when will you have finished um, all that drilling? Uh, we were hoping uh, around two months. Um, okay. We will see how that goes. Um, you know, drill programs often you know, have little little hiccups along the way, uh, particularly as we're coming into the winter months and, you know, the, the weather can become a bit of a challenge. But, uh, you know, we're, we're confident that we should be done with the drilling uh, by the end of June to early July. Um, and, you know, along the way, again, you know, trying to balance off the, the market factor against the, the geology and, you know, what we're, our longer term goals are. We'll be looking to you know, get some get some core into the labs over the next over the next few weeks, and and get some interim results out there too, so that we can provide investors with some insight as to what we're doing. Okay, so and and so how are things actually on the ground? Because this is um, so is this drig operated by your own team, or have you got someone doing that for you? Drilling contractors. Contractors, okay. Um, and um, I mean, how are things on the ground generally in terms of, you know, because we've, we've, we've been hearing the last six months, well, last year about supply chains and, you know, being able to recruit people. But I guess if it's supply contractors, that's their problem, not yours. But have you been impacted at all? Uh, not in this drill program. Certainly not in this drill program to date. Uh, we've been, you know, they've been pretty good. Uh, they've been very, you know, flexible with us. They've been the, the drilling company. They've been great to work with. Uh, to date, um, so no no issues with that at this point in time. Can't promise that won't change, but uh, you know, to date, there's no indications that that is going to be a problem. Right, and you said so. You didn't mention it, but I, I didn't get a sense of the timing. Around with regards to the assays, you think they'll be uh, ready? You looked at, got the assays back and had time to look at them. And when would you be talking to the market? Interim ones, uh, interim assays, I would say in in June. June, okay. uh, and then final assays, I would I suspect will be more end of July. Uh, once the the whole program's wrapped up, probably even pushing out into early August. Right, and so that we we could expect that would be the time that you go to market and look to raise some more capital for for the next drill program. Would that be about right? Uh, we'll have to see about that. I think there's a number of factors with that, so we'll we'll wait and see around the timing of that. Um, I don't have the answer to that right now. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, well, I, I think you know, just as a kind of first run through what what you're chasing, that um, is kind of kind of interesting to me, um, and also <clears throat> you know the, your plans for the for the for the other two projects, which are kind of sort of outliers as as it were. Um, 
Australian market at the moment, uh, like everywhere in the world, a little bit tough. What's what's your advice to retail uh, investors with regards to how they should look at your project or other projects? Because it seems to me, actually, this risk off thing is is um, prevalent at the moment. Do you think? It should yeah, be? absolutely. I, I think that um, the junior exploration part of the world. I think obviously it's it's well known we're in a commodity super cycle. There's a lot of talk that we are. I think that it's still an area of the market that you can find. Value is not the right word, but I think good risk-reward trade-offs. And I think that if you can identify good companies with good projects uh, that are in a position to to fund the works that they want to do, I absolutely think that there are still there's still returns to be made. There's still you know money out there to be made. So I think maybe you know it's probably not as easy as it was say six months ago, and you probably need to have a bit more patience. Probably need to do a bit more work. Uh, ask a few more questions, but I certainly still think that you know a, a company like First AU, for example, that you know to some degree our downside's limited. Uh, we've got plenty of upside if we can have some success in our exploration programs, and you know even if the market's not going great, I still think there's potential that our share price could you know pop fifty percent, pop a hundred percent with any luck, uh, and you know that's the sort of way that I, at least the way that I approach my investing, particularly in this space.